Hey, this is Jeff Kinley. Hey, stay tuned for the end of this podcast because I'm going to give you a very special, big announcement. It's time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Ah, yeah, it's coming. Right at the end of this podcast, I'm going to tell you about something that's going to be fun. Hope you want to be a part of it. It's going to be an incredible, incredible thing here. But uh, for for right now, let's uh, let's hop into our podcast for the day. And uh, today we're going to talk about this subject: Why is it so hard to have faith? You know, you and I live in a world where you know faith is not popular, and you know sometimes we find ourselves as believers in Jesus Christ. It's just a struggle, you know. I mean, it's not just a struggle to. Uh, to be consistent in our faith, but sometimes it's it's a struggle just to have faith, period. And you go through times when your faith just wanes, you know, it's like the tide goes out and you just wonder, I just feel like I'm on empty here. And it's so hard for me to have faith in you, God. Why, why is that so true? Well, I want to give you five reasons why I believe that it's so hard for you and me to, to have faith in the day and time in which we live. And uh, here's the first one. We live in a fleshly, materialistic, consumer-driven culture. That's the world that you and I live in. Our world is not built for faith. It's built for us. It's built for us to, to enjoy and to engage and to serve and to consume from. And it's very fleshly, meaning it's, it's very material. Everything out there is is stuff that we can we can engage with. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. But our world is not set up. Our our society, our culture, our education system, our government, none of that is really set up today for us to engage on a spiritual level. You now we have freedoms uh, under that government in this culture type thing. But uh, but we are we're not uh, we're not in a a an environment in sort of a, um, a greenhouse where, where having faith in God is something that is valued, which leads us to a second reason is because it's hard to have faith because the, the Christian faith today is under attack. Our faith is being ridiculed in the public square. I have an, an entire chapter in my book, The End of America, question mark, talking about Christian persecution across the world and where I see it rising in America. In fact, I, I list the various stages of persecution in a culture and how it builds over time, how it begins very simply, but then it begins to build and become more severe and more intense, more acute against our faith. And we're seeing that in America. Now, yes, we still have freedoms, but the culture is causing us to swim upstream. We are going counter culture. We're going against the value systems of the world and the society in which we live. And Christians are are starting to feel more and more persecuted. Now, we have much, many more freedoms than the first century Christians did. Their faith was under attack. They were being arrested and they were being killed, which they are today in many countries. And there's so much about Christian persecution that's going on across the world that we as Americans are insulated from 
but your brothers and sisters, and I'm talking from infants through teenage years on up to adulthood, are being killed for their faith. They're being beaten. They're being tortured. They're being raped. They're being burned. Their churches are being burned. Their, their kids are being killed in front of them. They're being crucified. They're being beheaded. They're being thrown off of buildings. Persecution all over the world. And, and we live in a world, the Bible tells us that Satan, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan is the God of this world. And Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 tell us that, that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And he has these, these demonic strongholds, this demonic hierarchy of evil, and they're running culture. They're, they're calling the shots in the world's value system right now. So it's hard to have faith in an environment like that. And our faith is, is becoming more and more under attack. Now listen, there's no reason to panic here, but you need to know that unless you just stay in your little bubble, your little tight, safe Christian bubble all your life, you're going to experience opposition to your faith. Try it. You'll find out just how difficult it is to live for your faith out there in the world. Third reason. The third reason, this may be the most practical one of all. Third reason why it's so hard for us to have faith in our world today is because we are, as human beings, we're slaves to our five senses. I mean, think about it. You were born, not spiritually, you're born physically, and you're born with physical senses. All of your life, others, your parents, your friends, your family, your teachers, everyone has trained you to depend upon your five senses only. Now, it's okay to depend on your five senses. You, you need those senses, okay? But those have become what we feel like are the only way we can really connect with God. What, so what do you mean by that, Jeff? Well, how about sight? Some people say, well, I, you know, I need to see God. I need to see things. So they, they make up stories of, of going to heaven or of having some of these crazy visions that people have because they, they want God to be real enough to where they can actually see him with their eyes. The Bible says no man has seen God. He's spiritual. He's spirit. Jesus says in John 4, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight, Paul said. One day we'll see. We'll see the reality of everything, but not now. So our sight. Then there's also sound. You know, yes, God ministers to us through sound. You're listening to the, to the sound of my voice right now. You're listening to God's truth. But watch this. We're dependent upon sound. How about this? How about our taste? You know, we're so programmed for taste. And God made us like that for the physical world. And then there's touch and smell. Those are the five senses. And so if God doesn't meet you in one of those five senses, and you could, you could add to that just the whole emotion kind of thing, right? If God doesn't hit you in the emotions, give you something you can see, you can hear, you can taste, you can touch, you can smell. If you can't do those five things with God, then you go, well, I guess God's not real to me. Or he doesn't feel real to me. But you see, apart from those things, 
set set those senses aside there's a there's another sense and it's the sense of our spirit it's the primary way that god has designed for us to engage with him the bible says in romans 8 16 the spirit bears witness with our spirit that's how he communicates to us inside our spirit through his truth and so we have to learn and to train ourselves to relate to God spiritually. So how do I do that, Jeff? You do it through faith. And faith means believing God based upon what he said. What's he said? Well, it's in his word. Well, I don't know what that means. Well, you need to read the Bible then. You get into the Bible because the Bible will increase your faith. Being in the word properly will cause your faith to grow. In fact, listen to what Romans chapter 10 says. It says, faith comes through hearing, and hearing comes through the word of God. So the more that you are engaged with God's truth, the more your faith can grow because God's telling you things. That's what the Bible is, God telling us stuff. So when God tells you things and you believe it, that's what faith is. Now, you didn't see it happen. You didn't see the resurrection, did you? But you believe it. Now, there are other evidences for the resurrection. We've covered that in the past. But God says, I I say it, you believe it, your faith begins to grow. Not because you see it, not because you hear it, not because you saw it, you know, out there in the world somewhere. No, because you believe what God's word says. That's what faith is. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Faith is the assurance of, of things not seen, the conviction and the substance of things that we haven't seen yet. That's what faith really is. Let me, let me quote that verse more accurately. That's a paraphrase. I don't like paraphrases. What's this? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So when you have faith in God, it's not a, I think that's true. I, I hope it's true. No. God said it happened. So if, so if God says the Red Sea parted, guess what happened? The Red Sea parted. You believe it? Don't believe it. Believe it? That's faith. Don't believe it? That's not faith. And a few verses later in chapter 11, verse 6 of Hebrews, he says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Whoa, say that again? Yeah, unless you and I learn what faith is, learn how to have faith in God on a daily basis, we cannot have a pleasing relationship with God. We cannot experience God in our lives. So having faith in God means trusting him and the things that we weren't there to witness or the things that he says are going to happen in Bible prophecy. We have faith in those things because they are God's word. They're God's vintage truth. And we have faith in God right now in our lives. God, I trust you. I'm having faith in you for certain things. I'm praying to you, exercising my faith. Even though I can't touch it or taste it or see it or smell it, or hold it, I believe it. And that is the essence of faith. And you know, here's the thing. So many people in the world exercise faith, but it's based on all the wrong things. They have faith in their emotions. They have faith in people's promises. They have faith in what they think is going to happen or what they hope might happen one day. But it's not faith in an unchangeable promise that's found in God's word. And we as Christians, sometimes we fall into that trap where we just start believing kind of what we want to believe. I heard of a church this past week that 
that changed a major doctrine in the Bible because it just doesn't fit in society anymore. How do you do that? That's not faith. That's believing in what you see now and retroactively going back and making the Bible say it for you. (laughs) That's blasphemy. God says, no, believe in me. And the life of faith is not easy. In fact, it's very, very hard. It's, it's a difficult life to live because, like I said earlier, the, the, the world is not living that way. And so we end up walking by faith, believing in things that we cannot see. I mean, isn't that the whole point of the, the great chapter on faith in, in Hebrews chapter 11? You know, where, where the, uh, the author tells us about all these great uh, people of faith uh, throughout the, the centuries. I mean, he tells us about Abraham and that he believed God when God told him he was going to have a son. I mean, the Bible tells us that uh, that Sarah believed God's promise and the ability to, to conceive, even though she was, you know, in her 90s, right? Abraham offered up Isaac as an offering, was about to kill his own son because he had faith that God could bring him back from the dead, the Bible says. I mean, all these men, great men of faith, and it says that Moses even had the faith to say no to great pleasures and great riches in Egypt just to follow what God had said. And so these people all had faith. And the Bible says in verse 38 of chapter 11 of Hebrews, says these are men of whom the world was not worthy. But it says in the very next verse, they gained approval through their faith. In other words, God loves it when we just trust him. You know, if you're a parent or if you have a relationship with someone, don't you just love it when you tell them something and they just believe you? They just accept it. You know why? Because there's a relationship there. Because they believe in the trustworthiness of your character that you're going to come through with that statement or that promise. That's what God says. I'm more trustworthy than your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, your son or daughter, your best friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your fiance. I'm more trustworthy than all those people put together. I've got a pretty good track record, God says. You can trust me. That's what faith is. Faith is trust, resting in him daily, daily. But it's hard because we trust in our own senses. Let me give you a fourth reason here. The fourth reason why it's so hard for us to have faith in God is because our self, our old sinful self, wants to trust itself. <laughs> I mean, we like we like ourselves. I mean, we're kind of dependent on ourselves, aren't we? We're used to thinking our own thoughts, and when God's thoughts come in against those thoughts, we go, yeah, it's not a good idea. I think I'll trust my own thoughts instead. Or God's word says to think or do or act this way or treat someone this way, and our feelings are running in the opposite direction. You've experienced that, haven't you? Sometimes the feelings are just not even there. And God says, do it anyway. You see, we can't live by our feelings, but we're used to trusting ourselves. I, I know what that's like. I'm a human being. I understand that whole thing. We just finished a series on that, trusting, not trusting that zombie within, right? How to overcome that thing. So we've got this, this inside battle that goes on where we are tempted to trust ourselves. Now, the more we end up being transformed by Jesus as we go along, the more that 
whole process of, of sanctification or being more made more like Jesus Christ, the more that happens, you know, we can be we begin to think God's thoughts. How cool is that? That's why Psalm thirty seven four says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Well what's the what's the payoff on that one? And he will give you the desires of your heart. So in other words, the more that we have find our delight in Christ, how do you do that? Not just by wishing it. Well, you got to be in the Word. When we do that practically, God says, I'll, I'll begin giving you desires, and you can just follow those desires. So there, there are times, if you're following closely to the Lord, where you're wondering what you should do. And in essence, you know what God says? He says, what do you want to do? Because I know you've been putting my word and my, my heart has been in your heart. My thoughts have been in your thoughts. So it's ask yourself, what do you want to do? And you can begin to trust God's leading that way through you as he changes your desires. As one famous Christian theologian put it, love God and do as you please. But the key part is to love God. If we're really falling in love with him, it's like any relationship. If you know the person that you're in a relationship with, if you love that person, then you're going to do the right thing because you love them. That's what God says to do. So that's an obstacle, though, that we face is our own selves. And then the final thing, and there, there could be more, obviously. final reason why we have, we have a hard time trusting God is because we just love security and safety and predictability, right? I mean, let's be honest. We all love the idea of everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be safe. I'm going to be secure. Everything's going to be predictable. Eh, wrong answer when you start walking by faith because you don't know what's coming. Life is unpredictable for all of us, no matter if you have faith or not. So if you have faith in God, the unpredictability of life is handled through your faith. The, the whole insecurity of your life is handled through trusting in God. There's a bigger power here. And the power is a person. And that person has promised to carry us through life, to get us through this thing, to walk with us, to be with us to the end of the age, Jesus said in Matthew 28. Matthew 13, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's promised to give us his power, to walk in his power. He's promised that we can overcome. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So there are so many ways that God has empowered us to face the unpredictability of life, to face those situations where we don't feel safe emotionally. We don't feel safe relationally. We don't feel safe in our career. And God says, I'm walking with you through this thing. The point is not for God to make our life smooth. The point is for, for God to walk with us through the unsmooth parts, through the rugged, jagged parts. Hey, security is in Jesus, not in what happens to us in the world because we never know what's going to happen to us. So, hey, is it hard to have faith? You better believe it is. But you know what? If you and I begin to practice day by day placing our faith in Jesus, not ourselves, not our emotions, not the world, not culture, not not our own sense of security and our hopes and dreams and all these things, we don't place our security in those things. We have faith in God. We tell God, God, I feel like I'm walking through life with a blindfold on but I choose to trust you when I'm walking in the dark. You know why? Because of all those things you told me while I was walking in the light. 
And when we do that, we have the confidence, the assurance, and the power that we need to get through life and to be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves us. You say, that's what faith will do for us? You better believe it will. Hey, stay tuned. In just a couple of seconds, I'm coming back with a really, really big announcement. So don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com. All right, friends, here it is. Hey, listen, here's the big announcement. You know, I'm very excited to announce the fact that in 2019, I'll be a part of what's called a Prophecy at Sea cruise in the Caribbean. We're putting together a cruise of some of the top theologians and prophecy speakers in America. It'll be myself, Dr. David Reagan, Billy Crone, uh, Tom Hughes, uh, Don Perkins. Be a part of this amazing lineup of prophecy speakers. We're going to spend five days cruising the Caribbean together. Uh, we're going to stop in Cozumel. We're going to stop at Costa de Maya and just have a great time uh, just partying with, with each other and having a lot of fun and talking about Bible prophecy. And I'm going to have some updates on, uh, on my website, on my official Facebook page, Jeff Kinley, uh, author, speaker on Facebook, and you'll have links that you can click on and go find out more information. You can see the ship. You can see uh, videos of the ship. You can find out more information about all the speakers and uh, what we're going to be doing on this cruise. And it's going to be on September the 6th through the 11th, 2019. So it's a year out from right now. Now, the reason I'm telling you this ahead of time is because space is limited on this ship. Uh, we only have a certain number of people that we can cram on this ship uh, for this incredible Prophecy at Sea cruise. And uh, here's the good thing. It's going to be in a very affordable cruise. You know, I, th I think about going on a cruise. I'd never been on a cruise for my life until this past year, and I had no idea. But listen, uh, we're working with an incredible uh, group uh, called Paradise Travel, and, uh, and these people are amazing Christian folks, and they're putting together just a great deal to have five Prophecy speakers, five days at sea, and to spend time just learning from the Lord and then just doing all the other fun things uh, on, a, on a ship, eating incredible food and stopping at these great ports of call and just being out of the ocean together. It's going to be a fun, fun time for this thing. So September the 6th through the 11th, it's going to be uh, in uh, Cozumel and Costa de Maya, like I said, Prophecy at Sea. And you'll be able to go to jeffkinley.com for more information and also to my Facebook page. And I'll be sending special announcements to my newsletter subscribers. So if you're not subscribed, please go right now to jeffkinley.com and sign up for my newsletter. Hey, I hope you can make it on this thing. Oh, and I'm giving you a year out notice also because you can make monthly payments on this thing. You don't have to pay all in one shot. So anyway, there's no reason not to go. It's going to be a blast and I can't wait to tell you more and more about it. So I hope you'll join me on this great cruise. God bless. Talk to you soon.